Welcome to Rooster and the Devil, where we give you the Americans' perspective on English Premier League soccer, with hosts Brad Tyndall, Jimmy Carn, and Mike Steenstra. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Hi, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Rooster and the Devil. Guys, how are you? I'm the devil. I'm the devil. <laughs> he is the devil. Yeah, That's Jim. our resident Manchester United fan. Jim Carn, Jim, why don't you reintroduce yourself to our new listeners here? Uh, yes, I am uh, the devil. Um, I love Manchester <laughs> United, and uh, I'm not ashamed of it. It wasn't something that I chose. It was chosen for me. Uh, my youth coach was from Manchester, and growing up, like all the soccer tournaments that we went to, staying in hotels, like um, in between games and whatnot, like our coach would have United highlights on. Um, my first year was with him was my U12 year, which was 98-99, which, of course, is the famous treble season. So watching highlights from that season, um, Ali Gunnar Solskjaer scoring against, scoring against Bayern Munich in the Champions League final to win the treble. So yes. it wasn't chosen for me. <laughs> uh, I just happened to come into one of the best dynasties in all of sports in the middle of the dynasty. So I'm not I'm not abashed or ashamed by that. There you go. And Brad, why don't you tell us about yourself? Mine's shorter. I have been following the Premier League since 2014. Picked a squad, went with Spurs, Europa League, and now we're very happy. Um, yep. That was the beginning of Pochettino's era is basically when I started following Spurs. Cool. And myself, I started watching sometime early last year, I've, I've realized recently. So I've been a fan about a year and a half, and I picked the hot Spurs, mostly because Brad was like, check. Check out Harry Kane, and I was like, "All right." And then I was like, "Oh, that guy's really good." And then I started watching, and they're filthy. When and his ankle isn't hurt, he's great. Which brings us up to today. Uh, very. Well, I, don't let me like you know date myself here, but um, it's a little bit of a Indiana Jones and uh, um, the Last Crusade. You have chosen poorly. <laughs> <laughs> well played, Jim. Well played. Yeah. Fuck Great you. movie, by the way. Great movie. <laughs> Great series of movies. I actually sat next to a Man United fan today in a little place without sound at a bar watching Tottenham's Champions League victory. Uh, this guy was from England. Say it again. I, say it again. What's that? Say it again. Champions League a victory Champions League over victory, City. Sorry. Sorry. Very savory, delicious victory over, over City. It, it was... It was mm. incredible. The game, bittersweet mm. though. Yes, we'll get into that. But, but at what cost? At what? At what cost? I mean, at the cost of being up a goal heading into the second leg against City. It's it's all worth it. I mean, I'm devastated. Yeah, but but bittersweet. Or it was uh, it was sweet then bitter. It's like it's like a really dank West Coast IPA that was too piney. First sip tasted real good, real good. You enjoyed it. Then as that bitch warmed up, it just gets a little, you know, dry in your mouth. So I am kind of hurting with the Harry Kane situation. But, sorry, let's get into the game today. What happened? Well, 
City had their moments, most of possession, 60%. But Spurs, every time that they got some passes linked together, really did look dangerous, whether it was winning a couple of headers in the air to continue play from Hugo or actually working the ball up the field. Tackled well, made last-ditch recovery tackles well. As usual, the Belgians were wonderful, Mm -hmm. Alderweireld and Vertonghen. Uh, Trippier didn't shit the bed. Surprisingly, since Serge Aurier was not in the in the side, I saw um, comments that he yeah. played well. That he, he that did. People, he, he didn't stand out in a negative way, so we're happy. Yeah, so. they, see, that's what it is. He he doesn't stand out in negative ways. Like that's when you notice him on the field. Unfortunately, for sure. But, but exciting, he does have good yeah. energy. He's got a good motor. I, I don't mean to always shit on him. Like he he's everywhere on the field. You can't deny that. He has good energy. That's true. But. Uh, yeah, anyway, Sonny scored a beautiful one. Um, kept it on the touchline, tightrope, blasted oh, it underneath the keeper. A weird play, a weird goal. Absolutely. Brilliant. Um, yeah, brilliant, but uh, just lucky to get that goal. It could have easily been a nil-nil. Old um, neck tattoo, Anderson, drop. that was not a good move in the goal, was it, Jim? Yeah, ask Jimmy about that, that one, though. That looked tough. They said it was it, in on his it, body. It, it is like that's like it is hard, especially. So, what is Ederson? He's like six three. I like the look of him so, too. Like, I kind of he looks like Birdman to me. So, like, think about think about like if somebody hit something, you know, 60, 70 miles an hour, like you know, like at your ankles. If you're not kicking that, if you're not kicking that leg out, trying to get from six three down on something, it is hard. Like, I mean, I guess I I understand he's, uh, you know, the starting keeper for Manchester City, and you expect. If it's within like a keeper's reach of that level, that they're gonna make the save, but it's uh, he shouldn't be getting shit on as much as he should as he has been. It's um, it's tough. I mean, I mean, what was Sonny? He was seven yards away. So, I mean, it was it's such a like weird had, like, play time. too. The defense kind of stopped playing. They thought it was out of bounds. Hands went up yeah. everywhere. It was, and I was just in my office going, <laughs> <laughs> just trying to be all silent. And usually, I'm pretty good at being silent watching sports, but this goal is. Awesome. It was needed. And the um, stadium noise, oh my god, just just I just you know, pretty much full mast the entire time. Uh, <laughs> once I got home. Um, you know, sweatpants and just yeah, boner patrol. Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful stuff. I mean we'd be remiss if right. we didn't mention the first half uh penalty save. Aguero right. with it, I th- the guy that I was watching the game with at the bar was like, shit penalty. I was like, that wasn't that bad of a penalty. Did like, you see the replay? It was well, right on target. Yeah, it's fine. I was, so I was like, uh, that first half, like, uh, I, I wasn't texting just because I ended up showing up at the bar and, like, ran into an old family friend. So I was talking with him. He's not a soccer fan, but we were watching the game. And, like, uh, he was like, oh, man, that's it's a, it's a good save, right? And I was like, honestly, it is. It, it, I mean, anytime you can make a save on a PK is a good save. But I told him, just from a goalie perspective, like anytime you see a player come up on the ball and they're going to hit it with the inside of their foot, if you're a right-footed player going to like that player's right side, the goalie's left, you physically have to right. open your hips up. It's a bit of a tell. For like a, yeah, exactly. It's, it is a tell. So a good keeper like Yuris, um was able to make a read on that and, and make the save. So in, in that sense, it was a bad penalty, but he hit it with pace. He hit it to a corner, and Yuris made the, the right call. So, I mean, it's... It's scary moment. It could have been. I saw Champions yeah, League go better. down the drain as soon as that was called with that Danny Rose handball. It was a VAR nightmare for the for the Spurs there. It was the it was the right call yeah. in the sense of the rule though. I mean, probably. 
But did you see the Liverpool Liverpool handball? I didn't. I did not. I did not Take watch a look at that. That should have. If if Danny Rose's was a fucking penalty, that that should have been a fucking penalty. Yeah, but they're worse. Liverpool, bud. Yeah, I don't know, but it, it went to VAR and didn't. <laughs> it was. I, I believe it went to VAR. I don't know. Bullshit. It's bullshit. VAR seems like it's. Jimmy has talked uh, a fair amount about because he he knows what he's talking about. But with VAR and how it changes. The game, I think from everything I hear, they're still kind of feeling it out. I don't understand if it's the decision-making or what types of incidents they review. Or Jim, I don't know if you can I mean, shed some light on that. the bottom line, it gets, gets the it's, call right, you know? It, it does. I mean, does it, though? Because at the end of the day, it's still a human being, whether or not they get a second look at it or not. Like, it's it's like anything like in American sports where we review the shit out yeah. of stuff. Like, at, at the end of the day, it's still subjective based on what that person sees. So, like... I mean, that's why when you watch replays, like, in football or whatever, like, a million people might watch that replay and, like, 500,000 think one way, 500,000 think another way. Because at the end of the day, it's still, like, a super athletic play that's a bang-bang play that, you like, now all of a sudden you're watching frame by frame yeah, and it's, okay, it takes so. out of context. You know, it's a so great, it's, yeah, yeah, tie-in is that college basketball game is a, I won't go down that road, but it was a, it was a guy who poked the ball out, out of bounds, okay? Like, imagine if they were, you were going in for a tackle. And he pokes it out with his foot, but it grabs like a little bit of the toe of the of the other player, and they say it's off him when it was originally called the other way. Like split second stuff, you can't you can't compartmentalize it that much. I think is what you're. I don't know if that's what you're saying, but yeah, essentially, there's there is gonna always there's always gonna be a human element of the game, no no matter what you want to take out of it. There is gonna be like there's good stuff that will come of it, right? So like some of the like the just blatant diving or like some of that stuff like that that will be legislated legislated out of the game some of the acting will be taken out of but like with some of the bang bang plays like Danny Rose wasn't trying to like he was like literally throwing his body at it he moved his arm down quickly even well, well it, but but even like it's still away and the yeah. the call is right in that sense that it's it's not a natural position but at the same time like it's like those are those are the plays that are going to be tougher. That are going to still be subjective, no matter how much you review them. There's an argument to be made, though, that if a handball can't be seen by the human eye, maybe that would be a fun thing to include. And it'd be sweet if we kept that for when the machines took over us. That's what's nice about soccer in so many ways. Um, watching is is that you got one guy. He's making the call. He's you know, we can all debate. He's doing the best he can. He'll do his best, and we'll keep moving on with the game. And you know what? You can well, make it up. <laughs> like it's not even it's not even one at this level, right? So like, I mean, you, there's the main guy and the assistant referees on the side that will help make calls when needed. But also in the Champions League, that there's two additional referees on the end lines, hmm. like right by the goals. So those referees can also signal in calls along with the so, linesman, I mean, right? Yeah. So there's there's <laughs> it's like five yeah. there's five human beings already on the field, like uh, able to be there to make. Uh, to make judgment calls and and I I get it because people are upset about you know so and so got like a diving penalty that like they can't review like that sort of shit you know like it's a bang bang play I get it you want to fix that stuff but there you'll never take the human element subjective calls out of the game with review and really it's just going to kill the flow of the game and like that's what that's the worst part about soccer is there's no natural stoppages anyway so now you're just ta- like yeah. you're taking something that is free flowing and, and you're with. killing and you're killing the momentum doing that sort of stuff and so i'm hoping i'm hoping that they they use it only in the biggest moments like i watched the i told you guys about the mls game a couple weeks ago and they just 
Like they reviewed literally everything, and it was it was brutal. It was the most Americanized thing I've ever. Sounds I've really seen American, in yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds really American. Uh, yeah. I was watching that basketball game last night, and I I was texting people because I haven't watched a lot. I've been outside. Was spring, but I was like, "Is this normal? Is it? This is like a five minute review for like a like out of bounds play." I mean, I that's what's nice about soccer, though. It seems like they're the most resistant to this technological takeover, if nothing but, else, and it's the I slowest mean, pace, so we can hang on for a while. Hopefully, it'll never be as bad as basketball, though, because of how much possession means in basketball. It means a little less in soccer. Like, I mean, it's true. So out of bounds will never be an issue for VAR, I wouldn't think, but. Thank God. Just the stoppages. And Jimmy's exactly right. That whole rant was just spot on. So let's. I think look, look we're ahead. very, very we excited. To yeah, very excited. Liverpool, we saw, took care of Porto, no problem. Um, yep. Spurs, a, yeah. happy to get away with 1 0 and, and, and have a puncher's chance mm-hmm. uh, in Manchester. Great. But yeah. how about as we shift forward to tomorrow and. There is a – it's not a David and Goliath because when you look at the two clubs, they're the two arguably two, what, top three, top four. Certainly I would not put Manchester United out of the top three biggest, quote-unquote, biggest clubs in the world. And Barcelona, Real Madrid, those three really um, are, are, are huge. So, Jim, you know, framing it as this David and Goliath, it's not a David and Goliath. You guys have a lot of quality, but how are you feeling – uh, what, how do you how how do you you know what lens do you look through for this matchup? As David, not necessarily David. <laughs> so I'm just, just you know just, it's okay. different. Well, okay. uh, it's it's not it's not David, but like I, I'm not I'm not blind either. We are definitely the underdogs, and I'm not trying to like sell us short. We are a very good club, but Barcelona is incredible. Um, I think some of the challenges coming in that uh, it's the same thing we could have said about you know the second leg of the PSG game is. We do have some injuries. Um, Marcus Rashford didn't train with the team on Sunday. Um, he's a doubt for um, the game on Wednesday. Um, Sanchez is back to training, but he's not going to play. Um, Matic did not train on Sunday, so he's a doubt. So, um, you know, there's going to be, again, there's going to be some youth guys. Um, oh, like Mason, I think Mason Greenwood was the guy they were saying they brought up to the squad from the youth Has team. Has to be English. Um, midfield, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Mason Greenwood. Uh, yeah. <laughs> one of our. Um, but you might see you might see like uh, Scott McTominay get a start. McTominay. Um, which you awesome know, which, name. It, which could be yeah, which could be uh, challenging. He's still young and he's still finding his way. So um, hopefully, just that energy will be good. Got his first goal though, yeah, just recently. Yeah, uh, yeah, he did. He did. He scored uh, scored against Wolves in the loss um, um, last week. Uh, so yeah, he's he he has been playing well. I think that um, he is growing into that role. Um, uh, there is history on our side. Um, uh, I I think it's been uh, since like going back to the eighties. We haven't played Barcelona a, a lot um, in recent history. Um, the, the I think the last time we played them was two thousand eleven. We lost them in the Champions League final. That was when Pep was coaching Barcelona. Um, also lost them in two thousand nine in the Champions League final. Um, but we, uh, in, um, in normal play in home and, uh, home and away in the champions league, they haven't beat us at old Trafford. Um, so that's something, um, says something and, you know, as good as Barcelona has been this year, uh, if you, um, watch them, read about them, they are heavily dependent on Lionel Messi and he's, uh, why wouldn't you be? He's, he's fantastic, but there are, there is quality in that team. 
But if you watch, like, everything, like, everything goes through him. He's averaging more than a goal a game, which is outrageous. Um, so I think that... That is outrageous. I, I That's that, insane. I believe, I believe that we have enough quality to slow him down. You, you can't stop him, but slow him down enough to um, allow us to get some counterattacking opportunities. Um, you know, even if Rasher is out, if we have Martial, um, you know, Lukaku has, like, has been in good form the last couple months. If he ends up starting, um, Jesse Lingard's we have we have pace and quality um, to run a counterattack. So I think those are going to be the opportunities. Is Barcelona is going to possess the ball like crazy? They're going to make a million passes, kind of like Man City. But um, you know, if you can let the, if you can draw them in, we have the athletes to do the counterattack. And I, and and I think that a win for us would be you know if we're able to come away with a tie in the first leg and maybe surprise the, the Camp Nou. Um, you want to hear an insane but, Messi stat? Yes, I, I love Messi uh, stats because they're all insane. So at 31 years old, Messi leads La Liga forwards in assists, assists from open play, big chances created, big chances scored, dribbles attempted, dribbles completed, fast breaks, forward passes, goals from free kicks, goals from inside the box, goals from outside the box, goals, long passes attempted, opposition half passes completed, passes attempted, passes completed, Passes to the right wing, shot assist in open play, shots, shots from the center of the box, shots from outside of the box, in the center, <laughs> shots off target, shots on target, through balls attempted, through balls completed, touches, open play goals, open play expected goals per 90, open play expected goals plus, plus expected assists, open play, XG, XG, blah, blah, blah. You get the point. <laughs> Isn't that insane? Yes. This is a, from is. a newsletter. I should shout out the newsletter real quick. Ryan O'Hanlon's uh, No Grass in the Clouds. I read that stat and my mind exploded. It got a little wordy there, but you get the point. Wow. Yeah. What you said, they played through Messi, <laughs> clear, clearly. Yep. Um, so real quickly, Ajax, Juventus. Tyndall has some love for Ajax. Love Ajax. I'm going Ajax to go through for this draw. Uh, it sounds like Ronaldo might be out for the first leg. Really? That's part of it. That's part of it. Yeah, yeah. He tweaks something. I was just gonna say, like, uh, I think probably not at that level that you just read off those stats, but you know, Juventus is pretty dependent on Ronaldo. You look at the first leg against Atletico; he got shut down. They lose two nothing, and then Cristiano goes wild at home, and they, he scores three goals, and they go through. So, yeah. um, without Ronaldo, without Ronaldo, it's not like Juventus is a bad team. Saying like Barcelona isn't a bad team without Messi, but when you become so reliant and used to somebody doing something for you, it's it's different when they're not there. Jim, can you just remind us who Man U was in group with? Uh, we were in the same group as Juventus. Yeah. Yeah. Who else? We uh. Because Cristiano um, came back to uh, Old Trafford. Huh. Neat. Yeah. Uh, young boys and. Young boys, uh, so great. Yeah. Swiss League, right? That's yeah, like yeah. the best thing. Yeah, Swiss. <laughs> Swiss League. I watched a couple of young Swiss boys League. matches while I was in Switzerland with some dudes. Really? It was hilarious. It was hilarious, man. That, yeah. that, that like, just think about the phrasing that you just said. Like, I watched some young boys <laughs> games in Switzerland <laughs> with some dudes. <laughs> wow, it was great. It was great. I watched some young boys. Swiss League. I almost went yeah. to a match in Lucerne. Uh, they have their own league. It's not bad. They get some good players. A lot of almost from you, Brad. Sick of your almost. I know. We'll talk about that. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so, so uh, hoping for hoping for an Ajax win. Yes, absolutely. Agreed. So is it next week leg two already? I think it is. Mm-hmm. It is, Exciting. yes. 
Leg one's always yeah, like a little bit of a, like, oh, we did good, but even a win today didn't feel quite like a win, you know what I'm saying? Well, especially can, against City. Can, yeah. Can I can I give, like, the, the common Premier League uh, coach gripe? Um, so, you know, everyone talks about, like, oh, they had more time off than we yes. did, blah, blah, blah. So why in the world, if the Champions League is going to go back-to-back weeks, would they flip-flop the days? Because then, like, so Man United is going to play on Wednesday, and next week they're going to play on Tuesday, whereas the Tuesday teams today are going to play on Wednesday next week. Why would they give everyone, like, both those teams an extra day? It's really dumb. Teams, like, I don't, I, it, it makes, it makes literally no sense. There's no reason in the world to do it. They're, like, you don't have to flip-flop the days. Jimmy, it's, it it's FIFA. Sense. It's, it's FIFA. It's UEFA. It's not FIFA. Oh, it's UEFA, UEFA is different FIFA. than FIFA. Yeah. What do you mean by that comment, though, in general? I just mean they don't, I don't know. Well, at least the Premier League seems a little brutal on scheduling sometimes. I'm a Pochettino lover, though, and he bitches about it a lot. Well, the FA, the FA well, like, since, since like, the 50s, the FA has yeah. prioritized, prioritized whatever is happening in England over anything that happens in Europe. Um, it, uh, Manchester, without going into the deep in the story, the, the Munich air disaster in the 1950s, um... Uh, United was traveling. They were uh, they had to rush away to play a European game, and were trying to rush home. Um, in Germany, it was a, a snowstorm, and they had to play. You know because the FA wouldn't let them move their game, so they forced to take off. And um, you know uh, a number of players died. Um, you know Sir Bobby Charlton, who ended up being a, a legend, was on that plane, but a bunch of really good players died because um, the FA even like that was the, that was early fifties. And to like to this day, the FA still has that stance that you know English games first, and we don't care what that means to you in the Champions League or any other commitments that you might be part of. So that is a it is that is a shitty. wild story. That's a wild story. It is. I, all right, I had one more little thing here before we move away from Champions League. Yeah, Brad, I want you to pretend that you're Pochettino as he closes his eyes tonight, and tell me what your thoughts are. On the last part of the Premier League, and then looking forward to Champions League. And we're going to ask Jimmy Aligano Solskjaer the night before his big Champions League game, his thoughts after this. But Brad, uh, yeah. uh, Poach? Yeah, Pochettino is going to be very, very happy. No, no you um, are Pochettino. You have to okay. be Pochettino. I'm Pochettino, yeah, Mauricio. Um, of course, I am very pleased with the performance today. I think uh, all the players gave their all. The supporters were wonderful. Uh, we have a one 0 lead, but we know that it's difficult to go uh, to the Etihad and get a result. Uh, they're an outstanding team, so on and so forth. I, I think, yeah, I'm happy. Um, you know, it was nice to get a, a win. Champions League football at the new stadium, amazing environment, all that good stuff. But a lot of work to do. And when it comes to the Premier League, if we've got no Harry Kane, I gotta say I'm pretty concerned. Um, pretty concerned where the goals are gonna come because Sonny's been great, but. Other than that, our midfield options with the injuries and no Dembele, Harry Winks and Sissoko aren't great with their end products. Let's let's just get that over with. They're great holding, they're great defense, they're great ball movement up into the final third. But in the final third, we can't just count on you know Dele, who's playing great right now, but Erickson is not as magical as he has been. And without Harry to finish, I'm a little concerned. It's going to be a tough run, and although we do have four more matches at the new stadium, so I think we'll still stay top four. That's what he's been saying, so I'm going to go with that. I'll go fourth. Ali, what are your thoughts before the, the big game tomorrow? Uh, 
asterisk. This is hard for me because Ali is from like the chest beating Manchester United is God um, generation. And for all of the fandom that I've had, I've never, like, I'll joke and I'll be tongue-in-cheek and I'll make fun of, like, poke at people, but I'm never like this, so. Let me let me go full-on <laughs> media-style uh, dick-sucking Manchester United for a minute, because that's, that's kind of what all is. Um, um, we, we are Manchester United. Uh, we expect to go into every single game and win every single game. We are the biggest club in the entire world, uh, bar none. Um... We have the quality, we have the players, we have the ability to go in, uh, and uh, we, we should we should definitely win at home, and I have no doubt of our ability to win away. We've uh, we won away at PSG, even after a poor performance. Um, it's true. You know, we didn't even, we, we didn't even need 10 of our senior players to win at PSG. Um, so we, we expect to, we expect to really go in and, you know, uh, and, and, and take care of business tomorrow. Um, as far as the champ, uh, the you know the Premier League goes, um, it is uh, it is imperative that we focus in on these last six games. Uh, we um, you know we let ourselves down last week at Wolves and put ourselves in a tough position. Um, as close as we are, we're still in sixth, so we don't control our own destiny. Um, but we expect to go in every game the rest of the way and compete and win and take points and uh, and knowing who we are and what we stand for. Um, Manchester United does not finish outside the Champions League spots. Um, it's an already embarrassing enough that we did not win the champ, uh, did not win the Premier League this year. So um, we'll get in the Champions League spot and we'll win the Premier League next season. There you go. Thank, th- that's, that was, that was great. Old, that, that hooked me right that's in. That's my only gun in social media. Gonna, is that really how they talk to the media? It makes sense, though. Uh, Everything you said, though, I was drinking the Kool-Aid. Yep, I want to put some money. I'm going to put some money on United for tomorrow. Yeah, good money line. I'm excited. It's like it's it's it sounds it sounds empty because it's been it's been six years. But like, if you go back, if like I mean, if you're sitting there in you know, like anywhere from like 2008 to 2013, um, when we were like you know wrapping up a couple uh, Premier League titles, when we hit you know 13 Premier League uh, titles in the first. Um, 20 years you know like we like literally we won more than half of the Premier League titles in the first 20 years like it was like expected if you didn't win the Premier League you failed and that's um, that's how a lot of Man United fans still think I think that um, I'd, I'd like to think that I'm a realist I still have expectations but it's a top six uh, now it wasn't always that way yeah, from what I our conversations the, on past podcasts Absolutely. There's way more quality. Like, the Premier League it has gotten so much better top to bottom. There's so many good clubs now. I mean, you see Leicester won it in 2015. Uh, 2016. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I think that, you know, you have to temper expectations. But it, it Ali is from the Sir Alex Ferguson years. He, mm. you know, spent a lot of time there. I think that, you know, he wants to instill that same sort of expectation. And that's kind of what I was trying to channel there. I liked it. Which brings us to recent Premier League action, which is the coolest thing about this little Champions League midweek thing, is that we're still, like, full thrust into Premier League. We're just right in between the, the weeks here. This is just bonus. Delicious. Soccer Plus. is wonderful. <laughs> really is. 
the this whole this whole run in April yeah. April through like May is is amazing because like you get a, like either a Premier League game that's important or a Champions League game. Even if your team is out, Champions League is just fun to watch in general. Every but three just, days. Um, but I do get sad. Yes. It's like the Premier League season. I almost equate it to my dog Bella, who's nine years old, who I love so much. But I'm like getting old. She's gonna end soon. And I think that way about the Premier League, and I get sad. But there will be a new one next year, Michael, and we said the off season is very short, so it'll be okay. Yes, and actually, the Ringer FC podcast, they had the CEO of Relevant Sports who runs the International Champions Cup. So interesting. Like, you got to listen to this interview in that podcast. But All right. About bringing the whole fit spirit of Premier League to, to the U.S. and blah, 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 blah. But... It did get me to apply for a credential to uh, Arsenal Real at FedEx, so we'll see. Probably won't get it, but... I think I'd be rooting for Real in that situation. Uh, almost, yeah. Almost, almost and I hate dirty. Real Madrid. They both are dirty. I mean, I would just like to see... I'm going to yeah. say mean things about Sergio Ramos. Let's get into Premier League. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. So, the first thing that's the best for all of us... Everton's win over those bitches. I think it was more important for me than it was for you guys. It's important for us too. To not, I don't know if it's a mental thing to not be behind Arsenal, but like I feel you guys are still in the driver's seat. Like we needed them we just to now. like phys- physically points wise to like be there with them. Brad shaking his head. No, we don't have the driver's seat. No, I'll I'll, I'll touch on that, but um, yeah, it's it's great to see you know. Arsenal's away record is not good. And if you look at their run-in, they've got up and up until the Everton match, five of six away from home. And they've been outstanding at the Emirates this year. Outstanding. Top-notch. But uh, their away record sucks, and it showed up. Everton played a good match. I watched most, most of that match. Um, yeah. A lot of forward action, and, yeah, nice to see them win, and certainly good for United and Spurs. Everton looked really fun. I wrote down... Some questions for Jim that I'm not finding now. Yes, All right. some Andre Gomez. Who is that? He's uh, he's on loan from Barcelona. Um, of course, he's he's a uh, he's a good player, but uh, excess to to Barcelona. It sounds like Barcelona is open to selling him in the summer. Um, it'll be interesting interesting to see if Everton wants to keep him or not. He has played quite a bit for them. He this looked year. like the the focal point of that team, from what I could tell. I haven't watched much Everton at all, but he looked amazing. He I really like him. Oh, he's he, he is a good player, but like he has been, um, like I would I mean just in general I would argue that like teams like Everton and like Leicester, um, are um and West Ham um for that matter are teams that are like mid um you know chasing that they want to be like the uh, the next team after the top six or try to crack into that top six. And they spend a lot of money. They have the money. Um, but they're constantly buying new players. And it feels like every year when you add new players, there's no continuity. So it's just a bunch of like talented individuals as opposed to like a team that's been playing together a while that kind of feel each other out. Like you look at Tottenham, I mean they haven't bought or sold anybody, but <laughs> those guys have those guys have played together for so long that like it, it makes a difference. Like they they get a feel for each other and those teams like Everton that are buying and spend uh, buying and selling all the time never get any of that kind of continuity, you know, new coaches, new players. 
So Gomez is a good player, but uh, again, I I feel like sometimes he goes rogue or does his own thing, and um, he doesn't link up with like Gilfie Sigurdsson or doesn't li- link up with Calvert Lewin or uh, Richarlison or those other guys. They all kind of feel like they're super talented in a in a bubble. Interesting. Sigurdsson well, is good. Did you realize that Leicester snuck up to seventh over the weekend? I did. I did not see that until they, right now. They played 33 matches, yep. though, I think. Ah, yes. Yeah, we'll, we'll have a game, game in hand. hand. Yeah. Yep. Actually, so does Watford um, for that matter. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Chelsea as well. So what's the big deal about Chelsea's in the third. So um, I, I, I have to look up exactly. but So, like, think last year, Burnley finished in seventh. But because of the way the top six, um, uh, someone already had um, qualified. I think I'm gonna definitely. I, I definitely uh, helped. We'll this. just get our but fact because, checker to check. <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. Our the one guy who cares about fact checking me. Um, but like, so Burnley finished in seventh, and they made the Europa League because a team in the top six had already qualified. Um, via normal route, yeah. like they won. Uh, they won, or, I'm sorry, not but normal route. They already won the FA uh, Cup or um, what have you. So when that happens, that seventh spot becomes eligible for Europe. So Burnley was that case. This case, this year, you know, if Man City wins the FA Cup, um, I think that it bumps to that seventh spot mm. for Europa League qualifying spot. So I mean, it's it's important, like yeah. for Europe. clubs like that. It, it, it is, isn't it? Like, it's, it's money, but it's, like, it's also adding to, uh, you know, an already loaded schedule for a team that might not be as deep as the top six teams. So, like, you saw what happened to Burnley this year. They didn't get that far in the Europa League, and it also, like, set them so off-kilter at the beginning of the season that they've really struggled all year, and they, they are a better side. So, But it is important for those teams to get that exposure and stuff like that. So getting that, that uh, so when we talk about, when I said, like, 7 through 10, you know, we have Leicester at 47, Wolves at 47, Everton at 46, and Watford at 46 with Watford and Wolves with the game in hand. But that 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 race is just as tight and it's just as important to those teams as, you know, what uh, are what we always talk about, like the three through six with Chelsea, Tottenham, Arsenal, Manchester. Like um, getting those Champions League spots are just as important to us as those clubs getting into Europe to them. So that's why seven through ten is um important or you know worth watching especially as close as it is um being the the best of the rest so to speak and burnley actually had a huge game over the weekend they were they were only five above the drops and they beat burnmouth 3-1 so they'll be in the premier league most likely still next season all right so liverpool what did they do this past weekend Liverpool won against Southampton. Oh, yeah. It was kind of close for a while. That was a was that was that Sunday? I can't remember. It, like it was a blur. It all kind of no. It was a Friday game. I'm sorry. They played on Friday last week against Southampton. Um, it's kind of a weird uh, Premier League weekend because of the FA Cup games. Yeah. Yep. I mean, well, and then you had the midweek games that kind of stretch everybody out. Yep. Yeah. Saturday's schedule is pretty weak. Newcastle actually did kind of sink back into relegation zone again. It's still possible, but Cardiff is definitely um, the most uh, in the most danger. They're down five points right now. Yeah, I. I uh, They're gonna get relegated. 
Yeah, I would. I mean, it's it's looking more and more like it. I mean, there's still six games left, so and Newcastle has already played an extra game. So you know, if Cardiff wins, they're really only four points back. Um, potentially, but they have to win. Cardiff does have, they've got Burnley, Brighton, and Fulham still on the schedule, but then they end with Palace, Man United. Yeah, there's there's some opportunities in there. Yeah, Um, but they stink. It it feels unlikely. It it feels like... It does. Yeah, it feels like Cardiff is destined for championship. But we'll see. Yes. I mean, if you asked, like, uh, you know, um, of the three teams that came up, Fulham, um, Cardiff, and Wolves, like, all the pundits would have told you that Cardiff was the team that's going back down because, uh, you know, they were, like, a hustle team. Um, they didn't exactly have, like, the, like they weren't Wolves by any means. Were they three in they, championship last year? Did they win the playoff? Uh, actually, they finished second. Hmm. So, Wolves won outright, and Cardiff got second, and Fulham... Uh, beat Aston Villa in the in the championship playoff final. They're back in the um, hunt this year. Yeah, so, um, you know, and, and, and Fulham had, um, Cardiff didn't have the owner at Fulham had. Fulham was going to spend, and they did. I think that Tyndall shared that um, shot. They spent like $100 million yep. this season trying to bring in players to stay. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, makes sense again, to invest that year. Them. Yeah, you're going to see players go back out. So, like, Sherla... Uh, Andre Shirley, um, you know, they brought in from Dortmund on a two-year loan. Is he going to cut that loan short to go back to Dortmund because mm. um, they're going back to the championship? Uh, Sessignon will probably get sold. To, you know, to maybe Spurs? That, that's, a, that's a rumor. Yeah. That'd be great. Have to that wage bill. Yeah. Um, Interesting. I won't, I won't go in and do it too much in, in right now, but um, there's an interesting um, – um, it's interesting to note the way the money works. So – once you get into the Premier League, after you go out, you still get, like, um, extra money for being in the Premier League, but it's over a five-year period, and, like, you get, like, you know, 80%, 60%, like, the oh, way the payouts go. Huh. So there's a, there's a huge incentive to get to the Premier League, and then you have a small window from which you go back to the championship that you have an opportunity to spend money in the championship oh, that's to get back. Well, it is, but a lot of teams will over... Like, Aston Villa spent, like, a yeah, shit ton. Yeah, crazy. And... And and didn't and didn't get there. It's been you know a number of years now, and so they they almost put themselves in like bankruptcy, so to speak. So it, there there is a um, like I said, there, I'll see if I can pull an article. And, That's and why they need to sell guys, Jack Grealish. You know, they you, you yeah. gotta sell him. Grealish and Grealish and Cessignon to Tottenham. Oh, baby, young players for Poch, dude. You guys, you you guys can't buy two players. Maybe hey. one. I mean, one baby steps, is. baby, baby yeah. steps. Yeah, exactly, How about just exactly. one? <laughs> just one's fine. Just one would be good. Please All right, so me. quickly for top four this weekend, the game, Spurs, Huddersfield. We're going to win that shit, even Fuck without yeah. Kane. Uh, Liverpool, oh, Chelsea yeah. is the big one. That's Yes. That's huge, huge in the top six. Anfield? Is, is that, is, yeah. Is it Anfield, Jim? Uh, I think it is. That's right. so it was. You guys, you guys can talk about it for a second. I'll pull it up. I yeah, mean, Chelsea's been, Chelsea's still hanging yeah. in there. What the fuck? They're in third, man. We're in fourth. They're in third. They've played uh, one more game. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, yeah they played one more game. They won yeah. yesterday. Or today. Yeah, yesterday, Monday. They were the Monday game, the last oh, game yeah. of the match week. Uh... West Ham. West Ham, yeah. 2-0. Oh, yeah. oh, that Hazard. Ha- Hazard goal that we dribbled through everybody. That's right. 
He's very good. He is Love very him. good. Great player. I can't believe Chelsea, like, they're in third. People just shit on them constantly. I know. They're just, they're just there. Like, poor Maurizio Sarri. Well, He's done so, fine. Leave him alone. It's not good so enough I'll for them, man. I'll they're crazy. Outside of Tottenham, though, I mean, like, I mean, even Tottenham had like has had a bad spell, but, like, None of those teams have been yes. consistent, right? So, like, yep. Man United had to go on a crazy run just to get back into it. Chelsea's been inconsistent, and Arsenal's terrible away from home. Yeah. So that's why I like that. There's so much intrigue in those those uh, four spots. Anything can happen. Uh, please, top four, please. I know. Please, just so please. So Liverpool, Chelsea, I think that one's on Sunday. Very exciting. Very exciting. Um, cool. Man U plays West Ham. At the London Stadium? <laughs> At the 20 meters away from the pitch, London Stadium. What do you mean by that? I mean, that's the big thing about was, Tottenham Stadium. It's seven meters away from the players, uh, whereas London, there's a, a ton of gap in between. It's shitty. Well, yeah, it's, well, it's not a, it wasn't a soccer-designed stadium. It was um, the 2012 London Olympics. That was the... That's where West Ham plays? Sta- it's yeah, brand yeah, new. Yeah, that was the yeah. stadium they built. Uh. So like it had like a track and it had to fill in. If you watch like, like there's literally like, ten yards and then there's like a couple of security officers and there's another ten yards and it's like the barrier and then there's the fans. So like they're so far away from the, they they wanted the size like is really what it is without sure. having to do what Arsenal and Tottenham have done and you know spend all the money to build a new stadium. Not they're a bad like, move. Oh, we'll take that over. They should have just thrown some bleachers on the field. Called it a day. Yes. Truly. Anyway, Tottenham plays 7.30 Saturday, early one. I like that. And then Manny's got the late game at 12.30. Um, yep. Other top four, the Arse play Watford, which could be another loss for them, hopefully. I see. like Watford. Who doesn't? Because I like Troy Deeney. Uh Should we just go right on the Troy Deeney <laughs> suck fest since we just got there naturally? <laughs> <laughs> that was organic, yeah. Let me as well go for it's it. It's not yeah. Troy Deeney's suck fest either, by the way. It's 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 just telling you about this person, telling you about this person, and educating you on on who this guy is and why he's likable. I think. So you're just have him. It's just a topic about him only. Sounds yeah. like a suck fest to me. Yeah, I mean, kind of <laughs> is. It's not. We're not. I'm not presenting it as all positive. I know. Um, that's just what I named it on our little agenda. So. I saw. He's a normal <laughs> man. Um, so Troy Deeney is striker number nine for Watford. Uh, I liked Troy Deeney previously because of, as you would guess, FIFA. FIFA. I did a couple of seasons with Watford. They had Marvin Sordell, who's this great striker if you get his speed up. And then Troy Deeney was my dude. Um, just just a solid striker, nothing fancy. He's six foot. He's about 205 pounds, so he's a big boy. Um, throws his weight around, and he's got an interesting history. He ended up uh, starting his professional career at Walsall. First off, he got expelled from high school. Didn't okay. ended up graduating. Ended up starting as a bricklayer, earning one hundred twenty dollars, nice. one hundred twenty <laughs> euros a week. Okay, at, okay. at age sixteen, just working his ass off, and he ends up going to Walsall, which is a League Two side. When he goes to Walsall, they put him on loan with a. I looked this up. Southern League team. They are the seventh and eighth tiers of English football. So he's out in the seventh or eighth tier of English wow. football at age he's seventeen. Still laying bricks. Laying bricks. And he ends up going to Walsall and actually getting his shit together and scoring 14 goals and gets signed by Watford. 
Um, in the meantime, though, he's got some personal shit going on, okay? So first off, he lets his fitness go going into because he wants to get sold by Walsall, so he gets fat, and he already is kind of chunky if you look at Troy. Like, he's, he's just a built <laughs> man, okay? And so he wanted – he was in protest just – being a piece of shit for Walsall, and they sell him. He goes from twelve hundred a week, which works out to sixty grand a year, to essentially three hundred fifty grand a year, six thousand a week at Watford. So he's feeling better. He gets into the team a little bit uh, in 2011, 2012, and then twenty twelve. He's looking forward to the following season, and he gets in a bar fight, and he ends up kicking this dude in the head. Okay during a brawl in in the summer and he's heading into his second season at Watford he gets sentenced to 10 months in prison oh no 10 months in prison he re- he serves 3 misses like the first month of the season Try comes to back he's been to prison yeah comes back and he scores he scores his first match back um, same day yeah just hilarious just just um, hard hardened Hardened. He's a hardened man, Troy Deeney. He's a, he's a hardened so, criminal. Yeah, the, right after his release from prison, he, he scores. Um, anyway, he did well. He was young player of the year for them, blah, blah, blah. And then you know the Leicester playoff game where Knockhart misses the penalty, and then he ends up scoring. We've seen that clip. It's incredible. That's Troy Deeney. And then Troy Deeney uh, helping out with the comeback in the FA Cup and making the FA Cup final. I just think this guy is endearing because he's a normal human being. If you saw the the rundown that he gave at the end, he just showed a lot of gratitude for being where he is. His brother, his brother was the star of Aston Villa's uh, academy, um, scouted by them, all that stuff. Troy was just dicking around laying bricks. Troy ends up being the Premier League player. His brother crashes out of Aston Villa, and he actually funded his opportunity to be a personal trainer. So, I don't know. I like Troy Dini. I think uh, there's something to say <laughs> for, an, an for an everyman. Story. I'm sorry. I giggled it's so cool. much. You're good. I, I have so. to look up more about the bar the bar scene. I just I lost it there because I didn't expect it to go there. I'm just trying to highlight that he's just an was, everyman. I thought it was so yeah. funny that I could not breathe. Anyway, Troy Dini. So he's, uh, Cheers. He's, he's pretty... <laughs> so, he's, uh, so he's probably pretty near... Uh, he's the club <clears throat> captain right at Watford now. He has 338 yeah. appearances. Mm. So, so that was probably 10 years ago uh, or what? No, it hasn't been that long. 30. Uh, do you think he, like, you know, in your love for him, if you're writing up a wish list, would you want him to be the backup to Harry Kane? I would love that. I would. I didn't even think of that, Jim. That would be absolutely wonderful, but he seems very loyal to Watford. He grew up in Birmingham, which if you've ever watched Peaky Blinders, that's where Peaky Blinders is set. So working-class town, a lot of manufacturing. I think he's loyal to Watford. I don't know. I'd love him as Harry Kane's backup because we could really use him instead of fucking Fernando right now. Yeah, I digress. I digress. What, happened, what with, happened to without Harry? Are we gonna make Champions League? When he's been out previously, we've done just fine. Remember Sonny stepping know. up for a while? I mean, yeah, but it's Pochettino so lucky. Get like creative. Those goals, those goals at the end were just fucking lucky. Oh. And God, you know what? We're in four. Spurs are in fourth, and they're up heading into the second leg of the quarterfinal. Period. End of story. It's a successful season. Let's but, stay positive. Well, the. The biggest, the biggest match you guys have left, Premier League wise, is also against Man City, right? Like this is today was the first of three games you played them in eleven 12 days, days yeah. right? Yep, and we beat those yeah. 
motherfuckers. We did. I can't fucking well, believe that we beat I, them. It's amazing. It really is. Well, like, as far as Premier League chase goes, the the biggest game you guys have left on the season is Man City. Yeah. Correct. Yep. It's All right, so Huddersfield, Man City. Brighton. Brighton, West Ham. West Ham. Burnham, Everton. Everton. Yep. I wanted to go Four to the Everton those are at game. Home. Brad, Brad, you're not the only one that said you're going to go to the game. I said I'm going to go to the Everton game, and I crashed well, I, out here. I have an update on uh, things with that. I think I'm going to be able to get a ticket to the West Ham game, but we'll see. What do you we'll mean? We'll see. That's the last possible one. I was on there put, for put Brighton. Put dick on the table. So my go live got moved back. I'm the proje- I'm a project manager. I run the fucking go live. It's like a week and a half of I got to be there. And so it got moved back, and that made me pretty much ineligible for the Brighton match that I was looking forward to on the 23rd and the Huddersfield match, frankly. So I logged on just to see if I could get tickets, and there was a couple available uh, when I logged on with my extra membership. So I'm optimistic that I can go to the West Ham match, but again, we'll have to see. I tested it out, and it worked. I know. Yeah, that's uh, 28 days. I'll know by our next podcast yeah, because sorry. tickets go on sale at 5 a.m. on Monday morning, and I'll know. 18 days. I'm an idiot. All right, guys. I think we're at the rant portion of the potty already, which some days it feels like it takes a long time to get to the rants portion. Tonight was just a pleasure. Felt short. Felt good. Yeah. Jim, did you feel that way, or do you have a toddler and a pregnant wife? And, uh, and I, I have both. I have both those things, and also enjoyed our conversation. And Jim, so before you get to your official rant, could I just hear what your prediction and feeling is on the United match? Because I feel like we didn't tie in enough. We were a lot on Spurs yeah, today, sorry. and I just I want to hear what your thoughts are about the match tomorrow before we get to rant section. You know, I um, like I said, I am I am optimistic. You know, especially playing at Old Trafford. Um, you know, it's not it's not a fortress like Anfield is. Like playing at Anfield at night is, um, you know, their their fans are uh, fantastic. Um, you know, maybe our fans are a little spoiled. That having been said, like I think that you know playing there, you know, with the history against Barcelona, I I I, I believe that the worst outcome will be a tie. I don't think we're gonna lose tomorrow. Nice. Um. Um. I'll say one one tie. Um. With uh, Barcelona scoring early, us uh, getting a goal later in the game to tie it up to uh, take it to Camp No. Martial. Um. Uh. Mata. No, Lukaku. I don't. I don't think it's. Yeah, I think it's Lukaku. De Gea. And I think it's gonna be. I think. I think. Yeah. I think it's gonna be a gross one. Um, <laughs> like a roller, like one that he kind of miss hits and rolls over and it rolls into the bottom yeah, corner. Just. Just, just this giant human being, just like <laughs> steamrolling into like the ball, just like and it, like and like him kicking it and it going off a defender and coming back and then bouncing off his knee or something and going in like that. That is how I see this tying up. But yeah, honestly, I, I, I fully believe that we're going to take at least one point tomorrow. I think we're going to get tied. You know, I guess not points. It doesn't matter about points in this, but. I think we're going to get a title. Nice. I, at worst. I like Lukaku, for the record. I liked him before you started talking shit about him catching Harry for the Premier League Golden Boot. I liked him <laughs> when he was at Everton. I think he's a nice player. Good Belgian man. You do love you some am, uh, Belgians, don't you? I do. He loves De Bruyne, too. Fuck him. Fuck that Belgian. Why? I, I actually don't understand why you hate him so much. 
there's, there's like go there, ahead. Yeah. I, I can. He is super. Like he is super talented. He is, yes, he is. Uh, he he seems he seems to have gotten arrogant in his like as his ascension to talent has gone on. Um, but he didn't. He wasn't successful right away. You know, he was at Chelsea and kind of failed out. Sold him off to Wolfsburg. Had a great season. Came back to Man City. And has played well in a good team. In a very but good team. That's good. my point. The media sucks his fucking dick every day of the year. It's so he's annoying. Very good. Yeah, I agree. He's very good and probably world class, bordering on world class talent. But he's playing on a team of like what do they have? Five or six world class players in well, the starting eleven. He, him and uh, Sana came off the bench today in it's a Champions insane. League match. Absolutely it's like, insane. Like, what? They're they're. Their their three subs were Sane, Gabriel Jesus, yeah. and Kevin just De Bruyne. Stop it! It's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. And we beat them. We fucking Sané, beat them. I watched him a couple weeks ago, and I was like, "This he's man incredible. might be the best player in the world." Jesus is incredible as well. But you know what? Ragtag bunch of Pochettino boys beat their ass today. Fuck them. Don't like like I, I get I get the the <laughs> less the the less money, but don't pretend like you guys don't have really good fucking players in the field. Like let's. Let's stop with subs, some though. of that a little the bit. Subs are bad, Jimmy. They're, Jimmy. they're not even bad. They're not even bad. Like you guys have, you guys have talent. It's not as deep, and <laughs> and you know maybe not as yeah he's uh, right though. as 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 worldly. But you guys have a lot of talent. They're like you guys didn't just like trip and fall into third place for like three years straight. Like there's talent. there. We are the 2004 Detroit Pistons. That's who we are. They won the championship. All right, so we're the 2002 we Detroit Pistons. The Champions League. <laughs> That's a fair point, Jim. Bitch. That's a very fair point. 2002 <laughs> Detroit Pistons. Same makeup is my point. Okay. Right. Well, that was with, that was without Rashid Wallace. You guys just need Rashid. Yeah. Then you can guarantee. Ball don't lie. Ball didn't lie today. Ball don't lie. Fucking handball. All right, so rants then. So wait, okay, Michael and Brad, um, I will go. I will. I will share Jimmy's uh, thoughts, but I will go with a two-two, a two-two draw at Old Trafford. I think you guys are going to get smoked three to one. Wow, at Old Trafford. Yeah. Mind you, I'm so scared of Barcelona when I see them on the field. I soil myself, and I will soil myself for you. I'm scared of Messi. I'm not scared of Barcelona. Scared of Suarez. I'm scared of them all. It's that jersey nah. color and the way they move the ball. They're not invincible, man. We we got a draw at the camp now. Um, Spurs. So yeah, but United that's that, can they didn't be need up a on their night. I know, Let's but on their night. Yeah, but on their night, I think United, especially with Old Trafford, can. The first can, game against Spurs in Champions yeah. League was fucking terrifying. That they were so much better. Yeah, four two. It was brutal. It was but, it was a trouncing. It wasn't even close. I think you'll be surprised tomorrow when you watch the match, Michael. I think you'll be like, okay, this I will watch. They're, they're putting some English yes, on them. I'm teleworking tomorrow. I will they definitely are. watch that game. It's exciting. I'm also I'm actually just off work tomorrow. So really? I'm 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 hoping like because I'm staying home with my daughter. Sick. Um, and I'm and well, I'm gonna take. Well, no, no, no. It's uh, um. Babysitting is off, so like I needed to fill in. But so like I'm basically my goal is like I'm gonna take her to the park, I'm gonna take her out and like just wear her out and like push her past her normal <laughs> nap time. So like at like two o'clock I can put her down. 
And now I have to like not like she'll take like a three hour nap and it'll be great. Reminds me of that big like, daddy scene where he watches the hockey game. He's like taking yeah. a chip real slowly. <laughs> Wonderful. Yes. It's well, you're gonna see like like yeah, you, so again, big daddy where he like you know they like score a goal and he's like it's <laughs> like silent fist pump. Yeah, that's. I'm hoping that's me tomorrow. So brilliant. Yeah. All right. Any rants? You guys got anything? I got a random one, um, a quick one, and one that I wouldn't normally go into. I, I am, like, anti-politics and um, protesting, I think, is really dumb, even though I love democracy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is an American democracy. I don't think the protests are wrong in any way. Do what you want, but I think they're dumb and uh, kind of silly. But uh, the racist stuff, okay, like it's Sterling has been in the news a lot. Um, Danny Rose has come out and said that, you know, um, he, he makes him want to retire from football because it just bums him out so much. And so racism and I, I don't know, I'm just I don't get it. Um, actually, Troy Deeney got some racist abuse recently and had to shut down his Instagram. Like, OK, huge problem. But. Like, why are people, why, why? Just just enjoy the athletes. Don't get mad because your team is losing. And don't be racist. Don't be racist in general. <laughs> yeah, like, there's no excuse for it. And I hate the it's 2019 or whatever, progressive thinking, blah, blah, blah. But yeah. it's, this is just common sense. And it's just, it's discouraging, I guess, because these are world-class athletes and they're normal people too. They're not a, like a punching bag. And yes, they make a shit ton of money and they're on a national and world stage, but just don't be shitty and don't be racist. <laughs> it's the stupidest, uh, the most silly <laughs> rant I've ever had, but like, it just bums me out to see that, um, that it still happens. So that's all I got. Kind of depressing. Sorry. Well, just to, well, just to tag on that, I think it's wild. Like, um, like Italy seems to be the poster child for some of this stuff, at least in like recent times, um, with Napoli and their defender uh, Koulibaly or whatever, however you say his name. Um, but like, they, there's that player for uh, Juventus, uh, Moises Keane. Um, he's a he's a black player, um, and he suffers like racial abuse pretty much everywhere. Like, there was the whole thing where. Uh, I can't remember who they're playing against, but he um, he was getting berated all game, scored a goal, and like basically you know like young like, guy from the fans like yeah. yeah he's eighteen, and his own teammate like pushed him away and like there's a whole thing about yeah, like I saw the he's whole like well, don't don't incite them, like he's the it's it's not like he like came like <laughs> it's not like he like is like you know from another country playing in the Italian league the dude is Italian. And he's suffering racial abuse uh. from Italian fans. Like he's an Italian national team player. Like it's it's wild. Like he's one of your own. Like it. I, I mean, yeah. Mario Balotelli. Balotelli is just going to go there, Italy Jim. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So it's it's definitely discouraging. Um, and I I, I don't want to throw stones because America is not exactly no, great at, no. at that either. I'm not. But, I wasn't no. trying to say um, that. I'm just saying in I general, have hope it's for a our generation, though. Yeah. I really do. We'll see. Moving forward, I guess that's that's the best yeah. thing. So, sorry to bum everyone out. I just it just bothers me a little bit. It's like I wish we didn't have to deal with that shit. And I will quickly rant about your <laughs> racism. <laughs> God, God damn it! Depressing. God like, damn it! God. Jesus Christ! I am I'm not. So I never really went right into, <laughs> that. <laughs> into that. God. 
My God. All right, I quickly wanted to talk about what you brought up in our whole side conversation. Early spring. It's early spring here in Maryland, and it's lovely. The forsythia is blooming. The cherries are out. The mm. double cherries are about to The Dawn Redwood Buds. The Donnies are still coming in. Not quite there yet, but daffodils are well past bloom. Azaleas are getting green, which means mm. that they will bloom soon. Right in time for the Masters this weekend. We're a little. The Masters uh. always has full bloom azaleas, and we're probably about a week or two after the Masters as far as azaleas are concerned. But early spring is amazing. It's amazing. And, they, and my daughter, she's 11 months, and she sees birds now. She goes, bird, bird. And the birds are all out. <laughs> it's just awesome. I love early spring. <sighs> Even though Premier League's ending soon, it's my favorite, favorite time of year. And it never was. It spring is. was always like, ah. Like, it's coming out of winter. I'm a summer person. So this is the first time I really, truly feel like I've actually appreciated early spring. I like that rant. I'm there with you. Absolutely. I'm noticing a lot more than I previously had. Part of that's all my bonsai trees, but seeing little buds show up, it's exciting. It means happiness and not gray and dead tree-looking things are going to go away soon. <laughs> My, uh, we were at Lowe's the other day, and my wife was like, hey, we should get, like, we had, uh, we had to cut down, like, a, like, a 100-foot-tall pine tree, um, like, two years oh. ago. It was, it was dying, it was, like, from, like, the bottom 20 feet where it was dead. They go down, um, too. Had, yeah, and we had to, we had to take it down. It was, it, like, it was one of those things that we were, we were an ice storm away from that thing coming through our roof. Um, so we had, like, a spot in the yard where they, they, uh, ground it down. My wife, like, so we were at Lowe's the other day, and my wife's like, Hey, uh, we should, uh, you know, we should pick out a tree to plant there. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, it, oh, and, and she's like, yes. well, why don't you talk to your friend Brad? He likes trees. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I don't think the <laughs> listeners know that this man is obsessed with <laughs> trees. I'm so excited. Yes. Bradley, Bradley loves trees. Um, but, uh, my response to her was, and this is like two years ago, and like, <laughs> no joke, like, I, I like we. I had the stump ground like down, and like I turned over all the soil, and then I I put new topsoil down, and like like seeded it, and it's been two years, and I can't get grass to grow there. So my like like she said this to me in Lowe's, and like I was already like a little incensed about it, and so my response was like I was like, listen, woman, I can't even grow grass on this spot. How do the hell do you think I'm gonna grow a tree here? <laughs> like so. Uh, <laughs> well, I love spring. You'd be surprised. I, I, Trees are very resilient. I am done fucking trying to grow trees <laughs> in my goddamn yard. Is that the landscaping out front, Jim? Yeah. To the back alley? Yeah. No, yeah. It's, it's not the back yeah. alley. It was it's a nice yeah, tree. It's in the, it's in the very front. Yeah, like we still have we still have two. Yeah. Um, we, have a, we have a young sycamore in the back and a beautiful full-grown sycamore in the front. I um, love sycamores. Yes, they are the beautiful. White, yeah, they're, white they're, they're, yes. It, dirty trees, but they are beautiful. Yes. They, uh, the bark. A lot of their bark falls yeah. off, and they lose a lot of branches as well. Well, like I, it looks, it looks like my yard is full of leaves in the middle of July because all the bark that falls off. Yep. Uh, I'm about uh, forty pages yeah. into the their appearance. Life of trees, actually. Dude, you like it? It's so good. <laughs> Highly recommend everyone. Secret Life of Trees. Outstanding. I'm enjoying, it. I'm enjoying it. It is interesting. The networks, and now I look, I'm looking at the forest behind our house a lot differently. <laughs> That's right. That's the point. 
just to pay a little more attention. Well, on that note, gentlemen, uh, it's been fun. I'd love to talk trees for another hour. Don't get me wrong. Um, but look, I think yeah. we might call it a wrap, look, look yeah? For, look for Brad's solo spinoff podcast, The the Secret Life of Trees, uh, with Brad Tyndall, um, coming to you via Rooster and the Devil podcast. Soon to be at American I'm going to call it... Uh, Maybe. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Hopefully. I offered him 20 bucks. We'll see. Alright, I'm canceling. I'm stopping my recording. I'm the devil. I'm the devil. I'm the devil. I'm the devil. Da 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 da